Hi, I'm Pastor Stefan Margeson. This is the sermon podcast for Aldersgate Worship Service of Front Street United Methodist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. Come and join us each Sunday morning in person at 8.45 a.m. in the Aldersgate Gym. God be with you. I was very excited about my verse this morning, not because it was a single verse, but because it's special. So I feel privileged to get to to bring this to you this morning. Our uh, scripture this morning is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. With microphones on and working, um, gosh, there's so much, so much to share today. It's going to take a couple of weeks, and, and so we'll start a series today. Does that sound good? Yeah. And the series is on generosity. Uh, this is a particular season in the life of our church, Front Street, and many churches around the nation. It's often called stewardship. You've heard that word, right? Being a good steward of the gifts that you have been given means to be responsible with them, to hold them close, maybe to invest in them and to expand upon them. But also in some ways, at least from time to time, at least for a couple of weeks in the church year, you give of those things, right? And so stewardship, it's an aspect. But I wonder if it's maybe a little bit more of a starting place. And so we're going to move from stewardship into generosity a little bit this morning. We'll start it today, but the conversation goes on because generosity, oh my gosh, there's so much to be given there. You like my wordplay? Well, let us begin with prayer. Holy and gracious God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. And God, let us go forth from this space ready to give of ourselves to others. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen. Well, um, we're going to just begin to touch on that word generosity this morning and what it might mean for us. Um, and in the life of this season of our church and stewardship, uh, how that might inspire us as we move forward. And there are at least a few simple ways that I want to point to that this morning. And that stewardship, I, I feel, was maybe, uh, maybe the beginning of a place, as I mentioned. A stewardship goes back a long way, not just in the history of the church, but in the history of life. In the beginning, as God created Adam and Eve to take care of the garden, that taking care of was a stewardship of the Garden of Eden that was gifted to them and creation. It was for them to care for and tend over that garden and the animals within so that they were loved. But as time went on, it seemed like the people of God were uh, tasked with still being good stewards and yet over and over again failed at that task of taking care of the things that God had given them. From one place to the next, we see the Israelites, the Old Testament stories, we see the people of God throughout history, even after the Bible stories that we read, where people were gifted by God and yet often poor stewards of such. And I wonder what that is, and maybe in part of it because stewardship, well, it has those notions of being responsible and in control of. There is a sense about stewardship that it is about me. You, the person who is a steward, they have a, a large connection with the gifts that are meant to be given. 
And when we start to get tangled up with those things, when we start to tangle us up with the gifts that God has given, well, it gets a little messy because we, as humans, are messy creatures. We are. And that's okay. But we can still learn from it and move past it and get better. I think we can. I know we can. Because as the story goes on through Scripture, we see God asking the people to be generous, but then God over and over again moving closer and closer to the people, modeling something a little bit more than just stewardship, responsibility over gifts. There is a grander picture, which we'll call generosity. Because in this scripture, at least, that you probably all know, whether you've been to church, this is your first time, or this is your hundredth time, or five hundredth time, you've probably heard this verse, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all who believe in him might have eternal life. You've heard that, right? And I think it would be simple enough for me to point to that scripture right there and point to a God who is all generous. You can begin to see that. That's not too hard to capture. That God gave of God's self so fully that God became man, became human, became one of us to walk among us, to live among us, to die for us. That is a generous God. But how can we begin to understand what God was doing in the midst of this story, in the midst of our lives? Well, we've tried over and over again in human history to capture what that looks like on a regular basis in our, in our personal, intimate lives. And, and there's many theologians and philosophers that have tried to come up with this or that theory. And one of my favorites I'll share with you is from the philosopher Shel Silverstein. Maybe you've heard that name. Who writes a modern-day parable that starts like this. Once there was a tree, and she loved a little boy. It's a beautiful parable about a tree who loves this little boy so much so that this tree over and over again gives of itself to delights in the joy of the little boy. From place to place, the little boy comes with ideas and, and creations and wonderings and hopings, and, and the tree, as best as she is able, gives of herself in order for those things to come true in the little boy's life. At first, it's just a playmate to be around, a person, a, a being to engage with that this tree gives. But then as the boy grows a little older, the tree gives a little bit more. First, the apples from the tree, and then the leaves, and then the branches, and finally the trunk. This tree gives so much of itself to this little boy and delights all along the way. And there's a particular part in there that I love so dearly in this story, that this tree continues over and over again to give of itself to delight in this little boy, and you wonder what it is that gives this tree so much joy and a desire to give. Well, at one point in this story, the boy goes off to a faraway place and doesn't come back for quite some time. And it is then and only then that the tree is sad. It wasn't at any point when the apples were falling, when the leaves were being taken down, the branches cut off, or the trunk 
taken from itself. None of that made the tree sad, but when the little boy had grown up and gone distant for a long time, that is what wretched the heart of this being, the tree. The simple gift of that boy being around that was enough for that tree to find joy and fulfillment in its life. That's all it was. I love this story because if it still is imperfect because it's from human words, maybe so, and yet it seems to capture a picture of God loving us in beautiful ways, isn't it? That God loves us so dearly that continuously, over and over again, God continues to gift to us, to gift of God's self to us in more and more tangible and powerful and sometimes heart-wrenching ways. But never along that path is God upset or sad about the giving of God's self. No, it is only to the point where we are distant from God that God becomes upset, sad, missing us. You begin to see the reasons why our God is so generous. Because our God desires to be in relationship with us all throughout our life. This, again, is only the beginning of an understanding of what generosity can look like in our world, in our life. You see, this model of God being generous to us, it is a model that is not meant to be at a distance. It is not a, a story that should be captured for children. It is something that is supposed to be acted out, uh, something that is supposed to be lived by as we move forward into the world. That generosity for us looks like, in many ways, giving of ourselves to others. And, and maybe we receive a smile and maybe we don't. And yet the giving is what we are asked to do. Gosh, I, I wonder what it would look like if our hearts were bent in such a way that giving for the delight of others was the only thing that we needed. We are imperfect creatures that are fed by so many different things of this world, and so there are so many distractions. And yet at the same time, as we are gifted in all these different ways, we have yet ample opportunity to give, don't we? Of our money and of our time and of our attention and our love and our grace and our forgiveness, the list goes on and on. So many opportunities to give each and every day. It seems like it should be so easy, and, and yet it's not. And maybe for this room, maybe for you, you have felt that overwhelming generosity of God at least at some point in your life and you can, you can pay attention to that and feel that within your walk each and every day. But maybe also there's seasons in your life where you don't understand that, where you don't feel that generosity from God because yes, the world gets in the way. Yet still, too, there is a God that is going after you, asking you to be a part of this generosity in building the kingdom of heaven on earth. There's a story and a little bit of attention that we want to give to something that you might find in your bulletins this morning. I'm going to ask Ray to come and share about that. If you were you, well, let me just back up. When you open your bulletin this morning, um, 
What did you discover? It's time to talk or we're going to be here a very long time. <laughs> a dollar. A dollar. Now, I'm not going to talk about the merits of a dollar, but was it a surprise? Yeah. It was a surprise. Was it odd? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's odd. Unfortunately, our world, that's often the way generosity is, is it not? Different and odd. We don't know how to receive from generous hearts. This week we had an unbelievable opportunity. Well, I guess it started a week before last, actually. Melissa, our children's director, came to us. We have a ministry to Eastlawn. Many of you know that. We do all kinds of things for Eastlawn Elementary School, uh, not too terribly far from here at all. And the social worker there came to her and said, you know, I don't know what Front Street can do, but we have a family that is on the verge of being homeless. A dad who has four children at home, single dad, and he was in an accident, had to have surgery, and he was out of work for several months, and he's way behind on his rent now. And his landlords are inviting, or not inviting, or telling him that we're going to be evicting you if we don't get all of our payment. And so Melissa came to us and asked, what, what could, if, if, if there's anything that Front Street could do? And so our normal thing is when somebody comes in need, we, we take care up to $100 of utilities or whatever. We don't give anybody cash because we don't want to enable any bad behavior that might transpire. But this social worker had vetted this family, had knew what was going on, and just asked, is there anything you could do? Mind you, this daddy didn't ask, this social worker who already has 40 families at Eastlawn who are homeless. This would have made 41. So Melissa came and sent an email to Stefan and me and said, is there anything we can do? Many of you know we have a pastor's discretionary fund. We can take care of things like that. But we never do anything like that, not that much. It was $2,600. A lot. I mean, it doesn't take long to be out of work when you live from paycheck to paycheck. Some of you may have lived like that before. Some of you may be living there now. And so I commiserated with Stefan and Melissa. And we said, what can we do? And the word we came up with, what, what should we do? Because of your generosity and giving, because we're always stronger together than apart, we wrote a check to that landlord for $2,600. I called the man just to tell him, hey, Front Street is taking care of it. The man was, I, I don't even know the words, on the phone. He was at work when I called. He works at Nisa's Sausage. By the way, he gave us everything in the world to validate what he was saying and what he was doing and showed us, gave us a copy of his paycheck. He was so excited. He was crying, he couldn't talk. He said, this morning I didn't know if my kids and I would be on the street in the next two weeks, and today we get to stay. I can make the rent, Pastor Ray. I just couldn't make up four months of past rent. But you, the people of Front Street, said, oh, but we can do something. See, I didn't act alone, Stefan didn't act alone. We couldn't do that without you. 
It's just impossible. So this little dollar is just a way for Stefan and Melissa and myself to say thank you. You can't do much with a dollar, can you? Can't even buy it. I went to McDonald's this morning and bought a cup of coffee. That would not buy it. But what would we do together? How can we be a generous people together? You see, as Stefan has told us, it's not just stewardship or resources. You've got to be smart about your resources. I think God expects that. God expects us to be good stewards. But generosity is, is a part of our discipleship that God begins to create in us as we say, thank you, Lord, for you gave us your son. Thank you, Lord, for giving me breath. Thank you, Lord, on and on and on. So this is just yours as a silly gift, as a surprise. Because generosity is never expected. It just kind of comes. If it's expected, it's kind of not generosity, isn't it? So has God ever worked on your heart to be generous? You can do whatever you want to with this. But we invite you just to begin thinking about what would it be? Some of us have resources financially. Some of us have little time, but we're willing to sacrifice that time to help others. A smile, a note. Front Street is a great bunch of people to express on pen and paper how thankful and grateful they are, because I've received those notes, and for that we're happy. You don't have to put that dollar here, by the way. You can do it. You can give it someplace else. We we didn't do that for that reason. It's truly a thank you. So we invite you to give. Thank you, Stephon.